Hello again, my friends, and welcome to another edition of the Royal Ramble. I'm your host, Blaine the Brain, and we are on the road to WrestleMania, but also on the eve of the eve of Valentine's Day. Love is in the air, but not in the WWE, and definitely not in the UFC, which is what I'm talking about today. You know what? I love my wife, and she loves me, but I think she's a little miffed that I failed to tell her that Roman Reigns would be in Montreal next weekend, and that we totally could have made the trip and perhaps bought tickets to see him. I don't think I've ever spent so much time on the couch since we've been married. So, needless to say, this podcaster is going to have to step it up this year. She actually isn't even a wrestling fan, but definitely knows who Roman is. Not that there's anything wrong with that. The WWE returns to Canada next weekend with a couple of shows. First, it's SmackDown on the Friday, and then on the Saturday, it's their newest premium live event, Elimination Chamber, which I will be reviewing next week and previewing later on in this episode. And as a bonus for all my loyal listeners, I'm expecting a very special guest on the show this coming week for a YouTube-exclusive interview. He's a wrestling historian and a Quebec native, so looking forward to that. And for those who haven't done so yet, please feel free to go to my YouTube channel and subscribe. I'm adding fresh content weekly, including my series of YouTube shorts, so you might enjoy it. For right now, I want to rewind the clock a bit, all the way back to last night, as I review the UFC 284 pay-per-view that wrapped up just over 12 hours ago from beautiful Perth, Western Australia. To borrow a line from the Brawling Brutes, it was banger after banger after banger, and I have to say that some of the Aussies on the card really brought the thunder from down under. Let's take a look and a listen. The event got underway with a light heavyweight contest between Australian native Jimmy Crute and Alonzo Menafield. Crute got an early takedown in round one and attempted a couple of guillotine submissions, but Menafield was able to wiggle free and spring back up and also land some heavy shots right down the middle. In fact, I think everything he threw connected, and there was one point in the later rounds where Crute seemed to be out on his feet. In the final round, Menafield lost a point for grabbing the fence, which seemed to play into the outcome of this one as it ended in a majority draw. Justin Taffa and Parker Porter went at it next in heavyweight action. This one didn't last nearly as long as the previous bout, as Porter charged head-on and got caught with a left hook, earning Taffa the KO victory. Next up, it was the welterweights in action, as Jack Della Maddalena took on Randy Brown. Madalena caught Brown coming in with a right cross, I believe, which floored him. Madalena then took his back and got the rear naked choke for the submission victory. Second from the top was a fight for the interim featherweight title, which was held up as the current champion Alexander Volkanovsky decided to go up a weight class. This one was contested between two top contenders in the division, Yair Rodriguez and Josh Emmett. Rodriguez landed some vicious body kicks throughout this fight and eventually ended up securing a triangle choke to claim the belt. And closing out the show was the big one for the undisputed UFC lightweight title with defending champion Islam Makhachev being challenged by UFC featherweight champion Alexander Volkanovsky. It seemed that Makhachev's basic strategy in this fight was to get Volkanovsky on the mat, get his back, and submit him. The first two parts of that strategy worked very effectively. The third, not so much. To Volkanovsky's credit, he had amazing submission defense, and at one point Mahashev had his back with the full hooks in, but Volkanovsky refused to give in and was actually landing several shots from that position, while screaming at the ref to stand them back up. That didn't happen though because it was close to the end of the round and I guess Mahashev was still trying to work for the submission. 
In the final round, Volkanovski was able to knock the champ down and tried to unleash some ground and pound, but it was unfortunately not enough damage done, and Mahashev was able to walk away with the title and the unanimous decision. But as the announcers noted, and I have to agree, I don't think these guys are done with each other by a long shot. What is done, however, is the Bloodlines association with Sami Zayn and possibly Jey Uso. That was the angle that concluded the last premium live event. You know, I complained and complained and complained about the poor build for the Royal Rumble. They had almost two months, so there was really no excuse. But Elimination Chamber, I feel, has had a much stronger build, and with only three weeks. It's funny how that worked. I do kind of like how each match is very unpredictable, aside from maybe the main event. To preview the card, I'm going to start with the two chamber matches, as that is the theme of the show. I'm usually against these themed shows, but this one kind of feels a little different in that I don't feel that the chamber theme eclipses the rest of the show, and the two matches kind of do make a ton of sense from a booking perspective. Austin Theory will put his US title on the line in the first chamber match against Seth Freakin' Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Damian Priest, Bronson Reed, and Montez Ford of the Street Profits. It'll be interesting to see how this one is booked, as a lot of stories could potentially be told here. Automatically, I think you can write off Rollins as the winner of this one, as his road to WrestleMania seems linked to Logan Paul, and I don't think that program needs a title attached to it. In fact, I can see Paul getting involved and causing Rollins to be eliminated. Whether that happens near the end of the match remains to be seen. I'd rather they get all the interference out of the way early, but Seth is probably going to be the workhorse in this one, and I can see him starting the match with Theory. Bronson Reed will likely have all the power spots and be tossing guys off the chamber pods, and they'll eventually all team up to eliminate him. Gargano I don't see lasting too long in this one either. I think he might be one of the first eliminated as well, probably by Priest. And given the way the match is structured, I don't see Priest being one of the final two left either. I think he'll probably be eliminated second last. The key players in this match, I have to believe, are Theory and Ford. I think Ford is in store for a Kofi Kingston-like run in this chamber match, and they're clearly positioning him for a singles push. I just think it's poor timing for that to happen just yet. I do think he'll make it to the end though, and probably be the last eliminated, which only leaves Theory. I think the champ is walking out of this one with the belt, I have heard rumors of Austin Theory versus John Cena at WrestleMania, but I think if that was going to happen, the wheels would already be in motion, and we'd have probably seen Cena on television by now. Though no one has actually seen him since 2003. But I'm picking the champ to retain, and I think it's a great match to make him look strong and increase the value of the championship. The second chamber match will be to determine a number one contender for Bianca Belair's Raw Women's title. This one I'm not as into, because I don't care for any of these options, to be honest. And this is clearly just to be a throwaway match at Mania. The only thing I can kind of get into is if Ronda and Shayna take out Natalia before the match starts, and Ronda just replaces her in the chamber. Not that I'm a Ronda Rousey fan, but I think it's a much bigger match for Bianca than any of these other six. But as it stands right now, it's Asuka, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, who I don't recall winning a match in like two years... Raquel Rodriguez, Carmella, ugh, and Natalia, who I'd imagine is only in the match because she's Canadian. Of these choices, I think Asuka and Raquel are the only two who really make sense, though the WWE does seem to have this obsession with Liv Morgan, so I can see her winning this one as well. The other three are pretty much in there as extras, though I can see Natty making it to the end just because she's Canadian. 
What I'd like to see in this one is Asuka just completely running the gauntlet, just like Shayna Baszler did a couple years ago, and then go full heel mode in the program with Bianca for Mania. I think that might generate some interest. I'll pick Asuka to win. There's also a six-woman tag that was just added to this card. It'll be damage control against the team of Becky Lynch and her Hall of Fame partners Lita and Trish Stratus. Again, given that they're in Canada, I can't see them booking Trish to lose. So I think the babyface team goes over clean, but then after the match, there's kind of an intense stare-down between Becky and Trish, who both kind of look at each other and then at the WrestleMania sign. That's what I'd like to see, but not what I see happening. I think it's such a shame to see what they've reduced Becky Lynch to. She is without question the biggest star in the women's division, even after so many clean losses, and she definitely deserves a big match for Mania, and I think this one would be bigger than anything else. The problem is that you then leave Bailey without any direction for Mania, so I think what they're instead gonna do is just conclude the program between Becky and Bailey for Mania. It seems kind of underwhelming, but should still be a good match if given time. The mixed tag match between Judgment Day's Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley against Edge and Beth Phoenix is also on the card. I haven't been so much a fan of Rhea constantly being taken down by Beth on TV, especially after winning the Women's Royal Rumble in such grand fashion, but if she ends up getting the deciding fall on Beth in this one, that will only help her, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Beth will be distracted by Dominic, allowing Mommy an opening to attack and plant her with the Riptide for the victory. You also have Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar in the third match of their trilogy. I have to say that I was extremely unimpressed with the match these two had at Crown Jewel, and I'm still confused as to who's supposed to be the babyface in this feud, so I'm really not excited for this one. I think it'll probably go to a non-finish where Brock submits Lashley to a Kimura, but at the same time Lashley's pinning Lesnar's shoulders down. And then we have the final match between the two at Mania. And then, of course, rounding out the card is the big one for the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship, featuring the champion Roman Reigns being challenged by Sami Zayn. This will probably be the easiest match to predict as far as the winner, but how he wins won't be as easy. Given the fact that I don't believe the Usos are permitted entry into Canada, they can't get involved, so I think this one will probably end with Heyman pulling the distraction. They may tease Sammy winning, and I can see them doing something where he pins Reigns after three consecutive Huluva kicks, but the ref realizes after the count that Roman's foot was underneath the bottom rope, and he orders the match to continue. This momentary distraction allows Reigns to hit a couple of spears to put Sammy away and retain his title. After the match, he orders Solo into the ring, and sets up the chair spot that he did with Owens, but then either the returning KO or Cody Rhodes runs out to make the save, and Cody and Roman stare each other down to close the show. So that's the premium live event. Right now, I'm going to switch gears and talk about the WrestleMania card with my fantasy forecast. I won't say which matches I see on which night, but instead I'll just talk about the card in general. Roman Reigns vs. Cody Rhodes for the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship. The Usos vs. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for the undisputed Tag Team Championships. Charlotte Flair vs. Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca Belair vs. Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. Gunther vs. Drew McIntyre vs. Sheamus in a triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship. A ladder match on Night 1 with the winner facing Austin Theory on Night 2 for the US Championship. 
Seth freaking Rollins against Logan Paul. Becky Lynch versus Bailey in a last woman standing match. Edge versus the demon Finn Balor in a Hell in a Cell match. Rey Mysterio versus Dominic. Damage Control versus Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey for the Women's Tag Team Championships. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley in a Fight Pit match with UFC legend Daniel Cormier as the special guest referee. Solo Sokoa versus Matt Riddle. Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss versus Karrion Cross and Scarlett in a mixed tag team match. So there you have it. I will be back next week with a review of the show, and don't forget my YouTube-exclusive interview this coming Thursday. Until then, I leave you with an A-B-C-Y-A.